0: I want to preach tonight from Luke chapter number ten. If you'll stand with us tonight, Luke chapter number ten. And uh, I preached a message. I preached on prayer Sunday morning, uh, Bible study Sunday night. Didn't intend to do any of it this way, but uh, tonight I want to preach on a burden for souls, a burden for souls. Just a simple thought tonight. In a familiar parable that we find in Luke chapter number 10 and verse number 30, the Bible says, And Jesus answering and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. unto him that fell among thieves father I pray tonight that you'll bless the reading of thy word thank you for your people thank you for church on Wednesday night thank you for the good singing we've already heard I ask you now to move in a mighty way and we'll love you and praise you for it in Christ's name we do pray amen amen you can be seated I really want to just draw your attention to two men in this text tonight. I understand that if you look in verse number thirty-one and verse number thirty-two, there's the the priest in verse thirty-one, and there's the Levite in verse number thirty-two. But as they are passing by this man that we find in this ditch here, he doesn't really count to them. It doesn't really matter to them. They the Bible says in both of these verses that they both pass by on the other side. You know, when I was thinking. About about that. I don't want to let people pass me by in this walk of life. I don't want to get so busy on this journey that I fail to see the needs that there are in others. And so tonight, I do not want to emphasize these two men, but rather, I want to look at these other two men. I want us to notice the man in verse number 30, and then I want us to see the man in verse number 33. What I want to notice about this man in verse number 30 is that we see that this man winds up in a ditch. I mean, this man... Uh, in verse number 30 by the end of that verse he he's uh, he's left on the side of the road and he's half dead you know that's a miserable state for anybody to be in and if I was to think about this man tonight I would say first of all that he is a sinner man you say preacher how do you know he's a sinner man because the Bible says in verse 30 that a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho now obviously I don't know this man's business and it is a parable tonight Uh, But when you think about the place that he left and the place that he was headed to, it tells us this, that this man was evidently and obviously on the wrong path, amen? He's down at Jerusalem. Jerusalem is that place of worship. It's that place of blessing. It's that place where God would have him to be at. And he goes down to Jericho. Jericho had a curse on it. Jericho was the place of cursing. And so he's on this road uh, and he's leaving a good place uh, and he's going to a place that is under a curse you know that's happened to a lot of people in our churches Uh, uh, the house of God is our Jerusalem it's our place of worship it's a good place to be it's a place where God dwells and where God blesses his people just like the city of God but many have left the house of worship they have left the place of blessing and they've went on another path they've got on a downward road and they've went to that Jericho place uh, uh, the world the place of cursing and tonight you and I may be in this world but we do not have to be of this world and so this man I would say tonight like every one of us he is a sinner man and then he's a straying man as he leaves the place of Jerusalem step by step he's getting further away from that place of blessing you know that's how the devil gets people out of church nobody gets up one day and just says you know I'm just going to quit God quit the Bible, quit the church quit everything I've ever stood for and everything I've ever believed you. I'm just going to walk away from God that's not the way that happens amen you know how this man got out of Jerusalem I'll tell you how he got out he got out one step at a time and I'm telling you that's how the devil gets us out of the will of God it's just one step at a time you let something get in your heart and you don't get right with God about it you let something get in your heart toward another brother another sister and you don't get right with them about it I'll tell you what it'll do it'll fester amen and you can sweep it under the rug and you can try to fake it till you make it, but the only person you're really fooling is yourself. And the reason is because when something gets in there that's not supposed to be in our life, uh, it stagnates us spiritually. Amen? Uh, we can't go further with God. Now, listen, you can come preach a sermon, you can sing a special, and you can shout during the whole service, uh, but God knows our heart, and He knows what's on the inside, and the Holy Spirit knows what must be dealt with. Am I telling the truth tonight? And when you think about this man, uh, listen, he's a straying man, step by step minute by minute, he could have turned around, he could have went back to that place, but you know what he does? Uh, he's determined that he's going to go to Jericho, but the problem in the text is uh, he never makes it to his final destination you know when people get out of the will of God they have big plans they have big ambitions young people who listen to me tonight Couples listen to me tonight. The devil puts something in your heart. You you'll not say it's the devil, but something gets in your heart. All of a sudden, you'll you'll you have big plans. You'll have big ambitions, and you'll think to yourself, uh, uh, "Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go here." And you've got some target. You've got some place in mind that you're headed. The only problem is you never make it where the devil puts that picture up. I mean, he'll make you think if you get away from God or if you get out of that old fashioned church and you go somewhere else, life is going to be better. Life is. Going to be grander sin is more fun uh, than serving god Uh, if you go out there and live in this world uh, jericho's got more to offer than what jerusalem is Uh, what he doesn't tell you is between here and that place of ambition tonight there's a whole lot of thieves waiting on you along the way and they'll do to you just what they did to this man they'll strip you of everything you own Uh, they'll take away everything good out of your life Uh, hey the bible said the thief cometh why but to steal and to kill and to destroy And do you realize that's exactly what these thieves do? In verse number 30, they're a picture and a type of the devil. And young people, the devil wants to take everything good God has ever put in your life. you know that God has even more good things for you if you live for Him? I'm not preaching a health and wealth gospel, but I'm telling you God wants what's best for every one of us tonight. And as sure as God has good things for us, the devil and the world and the flesh has bad things for us tonight. And as sure as God wants good things for us, the world, the flesh, and the devil wants bad. They want to take away everything tonight. And so when we consider this statement, he's a sinner man. He's a a straying man. But then I see in verse number 30, he's a suffering man. The Bible said they stripped him of his raiment. They outnumbered him. He fell among them. They wounded him. I'm going to tell you, the devil put some wounds in your life. This man is suffering. He's been hurt by these thieves. The devil never plays fair. He outnumbers this man. He fell among them, meaning they surrounded him and they smote him and they stripped him. This is a suffering man. And then they stranded him. They departed him and left him. There's what they did. This is a downward road. It is a a dangerous road. It is is the devil's road tonight. Uh, uh, We see this man in this ditch. Uh, We find him in verse number 30 at the very end. And we see that he is a struggling man. The Bible says they left him half dead. This poor man. This poor soul. He's halfway into eternity and he's halfway to hell. But then there is another man in our text. There's another certain man. I'm glad in verse 30 there was a certain man. That's a picture of me and you. But there's another certain man in verse number 33, but a certain Samaritan. When I think about this man, he is a Samaritan, and obviously, the man in verse thirty would be a Jew leaving Jerusalem, going to Jericho. But this man is a Samaritan. This man is a stranger unto this man. He does not know him. They have not met. Their paths have not crossed. Uh, I tell you tonight, if you don't know Jesus Christ, he is a stranger to you tonight. He is, a, he is the Savior. Everything that takes place in this text is a picture and a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the fact that he came to where he was, uh, the fact that he saw him. I'm glad that he came looking for me and I'm glad he looked beyond my fault and he saw my need. Uh, and long before I could see him, I'm glad he saw me as a lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world. He had compassion on him, the Bible says. Uh, just as God showed pity and mercy on somebody like you and I, he had compassion on him. Uh, he went, he came to where he was. Uh, I'm glad for the day that he came to where I was. Uh, I'm glad for the day that he got down in the muck and the mire of where I was at, the ditch of sin that I was in. And then the Bible said he bound up his wounds. I'm telling you tonight, when you look at me and I look at you, I don't see what I used to be. And you don't see what you used to be. But thank God he bound up all them wounds that sin had put on us. And we don't look the same. Hey, brother, you don't look the same anymore. That's what Jesus will do for you. Amen. Then he poured in some oil and wine. That's a picture of the Holy Spirit and joy. I'm going to tell you, when you get saved, you'll get the Holy Spirit will indwell you and you'll have some joy. Amen? The Bible said joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen? He said, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He's come that our joy might be full. Amen? I'm glad tonight we as Christians we can rejoice evermore. We have joy tonight. The Bible said the joy of the Lord is our strength. Uh, He poured it in him, uh, oil and wine. I'm going to tell you what God does when you get saved. Uh, He works out salvation in and it's our responsibility to work it out. I'm not working for, ca- uh, listen, for to be saved. I'm not working for salvation. I'm not working to salvation. But thank God I am working from it. Amen. Uh, because therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold all things are become new. When God saves you he'll change your hitching post. Amen. He'll put something on the inside of you uh, and he'll put some joy. Hey, You'll even say amen every now and then. Uh, you'll feel a little bit of joy on the inside. Uh, and the Spirit of God will put something on the inside of you. Amen. I'm talking about he's the Savior, amen. He took him down to the end. That's the church, amen. I uh, thank God a place where he could find rest and he cared for him. And he said anything that he spends, put it on my account because I'm coming again. And thank God he is coming again, amen. I'm glad it's all on his account tonight. I'm not talking about my sins. They've been washed away. They've been cleansed. They've been forgiven. And I'm glad the debt's been paid in full. But what I'm telling you tonight is every promise uh, and every hope that you and I have, Uh, uh, That's within the church Uh, It's all upon him He's the chief cornerstone Uh, Everything tonight is is in Jesus Christ Amen And I'm thankful tonight for him He is a Savior I'll tell you something else he is in this text He's a soul winner tonight And I'm talking about a burden for souls I thought about this Samaritan Jesus is the greatest soul winner Of all time When he was here on this earth, he won souls. He didn't care what people thought about it. He didn't ask no one's approval or opinion about it. But he rescued every soul that ever reached out to him. And for those that didn't even know who he was, he came to where they were and he rescued them. You know what that tells me? The soul winning of Jesus. It tells me that he'll hunt the sinner. He'll find the sinner because he knows where they're at. He came to Zacchaeus. He, Zacchaeus climbed up in that sycamore tree that he because he wanted to see the Lord, for he was to pass by that way. Now in Zacchaeus' mind, he didn't know Jesus, so it was by chance or circumstance in his mind that he was up that tree. But Jesus knew the very tree that Zacchaeus would be up, and he knew the very moment that Zacchaeus would be there. You say, How did he know that? Because he made the tree and he made the man that climbed the tree. Amen? And our great creator our Lord our Redeemer he passed by that way for he was to go that way and he stopped uh, and he didn't have to ask nobody who Zacchaeus was Uh, he didn't have to introduce himself Uh, I'm telling you the Holy Spirit doesn't introduce himself Uh, when he steps into your life you'll know exactly who he is Uh, and he said Zacchaeus make haste and come down for I must abide at your house today I'm telling you that's what God will do Uh, he'll come to where you are uh, and he'll come to your rescue and he'll come to your aid uh, and jesus came to where he was amen and then there were others that were brought to jesus and then there was others that came to jesus on their own isn't that the way it is when people get saved sometimes god will go to a sinner right in the middle of nowhere and save them just him and them sometimes somebody invites somebody brings them to the church and and they come and they get saved just like you did sometimes uh People on their own will just come. It's rare, but they do. I remember years ago preaching in a church on a Sunday morning. And a woman stopped right and came right in. She stopped right there on Highway 225 at the Maranatha Baptist Church. And and I was up preaching about halfway through the message. And and she came in and she sat on the back row and she was already crying when she walked through the door. And she sat down. And listen, I didn't know what she needed, didn't even know who she was, but God knew what she needed. And that morning I was preaching on Calvary. It wasn't a, a mistake, it wasn't an accident that that happened, but God let her stop. And she was going down the road. And she wanted to be saved. And she said, Lord, I'm just going to go to the first church I come to and go in. And if you've got anything for me, would you speak to me? And she came and she got saved that day. She came to Jesus. Amen. I'm telling you, it wouldn't matter who was doing the preaching, it wouldn't matter what was going on. God was working on her behalf. And I'm glad that God is able to do that. Amen. But you know, we have a responsibility tonight to win the loss, don't we? And when I think about this Samaritan, what I see is before him was two men that came by that shunned the opportunity and the responsibility to help someone that was in need. But not this soul winner, not this Samaritan. What was it that that helped him to help this man? I think it was his course. Look at verse 33. The Bible said, but a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was it was his course he he was on that path now uh, listen this man that was in this ditch uh, uh, those thieves took him by surprise and and here he is now he's laying in that ditch but listen unknown to the Samaritan as he is on his journey but my friend providentially this man is at the right place at the right time Uh, the Levite didn't help him and the priest didn't help him Uh, but this man recognized uh, as he was going through life uh, as he was busy as he was on his journey. He recognized that someone had been put in his path uh, and he was there to help him. You realize tonight that God puts people in our path. Uh, it's not an accident who you work with. It's not an accident who you go to school with. It's not an accident who you bump into at the grocery store or down at the gas station or at the supermarket someplace. Uh, it's not an accident those things. Uh, oh listen, there are opportunities uh, and the responsibilities that we have. Maybe it's the pass a track out to someone that we either know or don't know maybe it's just to say a word of testimony I don't know but what I do know is that God will strategically put us in different places in life maybe for just a moment maybe for a season maybe for years why so that we can sow the gospel to lost men who need to be saved you know tonight we all know somebody in a ditch don't we if you think about it there's somebody you know in a ditch tonight There's somebody, uh, listen, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a neighbor. I don't know who it is tonight, but if you think, you probably don't have to think two seconds about somebody, some sinner tonight, that listen, God has put them in your life. Uh, uh, God has allowed them to be in your path. Uh, And my friend, tonight you can win them. You say, how do you know I can win them? Because they're on your course of life. I think he won him because it it was his course that brought him to this man. And then I think it was his compassion. The Bible says in verse 33 that when he saw him, he had compassion. You know, you got to see a sinner to have compassion on him. I've not been called as a missionary to Africa. But I would say tonight if I was to go to Africa and see the, the lost sinners of Africa, those, those people, see them tonight if I was to look on the fields, I'm sure I would have a burden tonight for Africa it doesn't mean that God has called me there but when you see something if you have any compassion at all you can't help but have a burden you know that's why it's important missionaries come by her church so that we see the need it keeps it before us we can't support every missionary that comes but I'm glad that we can be good to missionaries we do support a number of missionaries tonight, but I'll tell you, there's seldom a missionary ever comes by that we don't give them something. Amen? And the devil says sometimes, oh, you keep doing that, you're going to run out. Well, maybe so, but we haven't run out yet. Amen? I'm telling you, we just keep giving it away and it keeps coming in. And you know what? God just keeps blessing. Amen? I may not be able, we may not be able to support every one of them monthly, but we can give them something to get them from A to B and we can support those monthly that we can. And we can take up offerings for special needs Uh, you say what are they doing for us I'll tell you what they're doing for us Uh, they're our hands and our feet to go around the world places that you and I can't go we're to stay by the stuff and we're to make the money to send them around the world and to support them weekly and monthly I'll tell you what else they do they help us see the need of those uh, that need to be saved they put the burden before us amen you look at any church that don't support missionaries look at their church it's falling apart. Problems. I'm saying tonight, when we look at sinners, it gives us compassion, doesn't it? You know, think about this tonight. You think about somebody that you know tonight is lost. And maybe tonight I don't know how they, they look. I don't know what their heart is like tonight. Maybe, they, maybe their heart is hard. Maybe it is cold. But I'll tell you, sometimes you have to look beyond... You have to see that sinner that needs God. That man with all those tattoos and and all that metal on him, that that long-haired hippie. When you look at him, you see that he needs God. When I think about that person that is clean-cut, but they're stooped in religion, and they're stooped in good works and they think their goodness is going to get them to heaven and they feel good about who they are. They, they feel like, well, I've never, I've never done all these bad things in life, but, but they never saw themselves as a sinner. Man doesn't go to hell because of what he does. He goes to hell because of what he is, amen? And we're born into sin. We're all sinners and we have to be saved, amen? And what I see in this text here is that when he saw this man, he had compassion. You know, maybe if the priest, maybe, just maybe, I'm not saying it would be, but maybe if that priest and that Levi wouldn't have passed by on the other side. Maybe if they'd have got a little closer to him. Maybe they might have had compassion. You've got to get your hands dirty if you're going to win sinners. Amen. You've got to go to where they're at. They're not coming. We've got to have compassion. There's got to be tears for people that are lost tonight. I, I wouldn't want to call a sinner stupid or dumb or ignorant. Because, number one, that's what I used to be before God saved me. Number two, they're not stupid. They're not dumb. They're not ignorant. I'll tell you what they are. They're blind tonight. They just can't see. That's why they're living the way they're living. They just can't see. And i tell you, the only reason we're living the way we are living is because we can see tonight. When people say things like this, well, I, uh, I know you live that way. I know you do those things and, and they'll say things like this. They'll say, I don't see anything wrong with that. Have you ever heard that? I believe them. I used to not believe them, but I do believe them. They're really telling you what's in their heart. They don't see anything. The problem is they don't see anything. I thank God for the day. The light of the glorious gospel of Christ The image of God. I thank God for the day that I got under the sound of the gospel. I thank God for the day that the light of the Word of God shined in my heart and I I saw myself a sinner in need of a Savior. Don't you thank God for the day you saw yourself a sinner in need of a Savior. I'm glad that church had compassion on me. I'm glad the Savior had compassion on me. I'm glad that soul winner had compassion. I'm glad they didn't give up. I'm glad that man that was knocking on doors on that Saturday morning and we were the only two boys living on that street in a retired neighborhood uh, I'm telling you, with no children. And he was looking for someone to pick up on the bus. Uh, Either way you looked, it was about 14 houses. Uh, Either way, I'm glad he just kept on knocking and he kept on going. Uh, When it looked like there wasn't no fruit. I'm telling you, we got to go to some hard places sometimes. Uh, uh, But God knows where the fruit is. Amen. I ought to have compassion. I ought to have compassion tonight. And I think it was his course. I think it was his compassion. Then I think it was his commitment. Look. What the Bible says in verse number 32, or verse number 34, the Bible says that he went to him. You know what he did? He got down where he was at. That doesn't mean that old boy got down there and wallowed in the ditch he was in. That doesn't mean he got down there and started beating up on himself and stripping his own clothes off and said, well, if I'm going to win him, if I'm going to help him, I'm going to have to become like he is. No, that is not what he did i tell you, we as Christians, we ought to live separated. We ought to live dedicated. We ought to look different than this world. We ought to live different from this world. The world wants us to look different. They want us to live different. They want to see something that's real. Amen. And I'll tell you, if God ain't real enough to change the, the outside, I doubt He's real enough to change the inside. But the truth of the matter is, He's real on the inside and He's real on the outside. He'll change anybody that'll come. Amen. His old boy didn't become this man, but he sure didn't get down in the ditch where he was he sure did go to where he was help pick him out I'm telling you tonight listen sinners are not coming to church on their own the great commission is go and tell and they'll come and see if we'll go and tell but we must go to where they are we must go to the trailer parks we must go to the apartment complex we must go to the suburbs we must go from house to house and street to street we must tell others about Christ it's important that we still knock doors amen still important. His church is always knocked on doors. And I appreciate that. And I see tonight that it was his commitment. Are you committed tonight? Am I committed tonight? You don't win souls on accident, do we? We got to go right where they're at. You don't win a person to Christ by accident. That would be like going fishing and throwing a hook out in a pond with no bait on it you could sit there all day but I tell you you're not going to catch nothing are you because fish don't bite and well the Lord sent one didn't he (laughs) you say well he did it yeah but you're not Jesus and neither am I he created the fish that took a hold of that hook but I'll tell you you and I tonight you know what we got to do we got to give them something and what they need tonight they need the gospel don't they You say, I'm not good with words, and I understand that. Some people are just better at it, but I'll tell you the more you tell it, the better you'll be. And you don't have to be a theologian tonight, but you can tell them what Jesus did for you, you can tell them how He saved your soul. You can give them the Roman's road. I like the Roman's road. I like the John's road. You can can take them through the gospel of John 5, John chapter 3, John chapter 5, John chapter 10, John chapter 11. You can take them down the John's road, the Roman's road. But I tell you where you better get them is Calvary's road. Make sure you tell them Jesus died for them. It was his commitment. And then I want you to notice it was his care. Look at verse 34. The Bible said he bound him up. He bound up his wounds. He poured in oil and wine. He set him on his own beast. And he brought him to an end. notice this, he took care of him. He brought this sinner down to this end. He brought him there and he took care of him. You know, in other words, he, he helped him. He got him out of the ditch he was in. And when he got him out, he got him in a place where he could get more help. Boy, I'm glad I got out of the ditch I was in, the pit I was in. And I'm glad God put me in a good place. You know, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have the church tonight. I thank God for the church, don't you? In a day when people want to have less church and they want to cancel church and and they want to listen call off church if that's what they want to do they can help themselves but i tell you they just a long and in my soul I don't want to go to church one time a week I, I'm not being critical I'm telling you tonight I want to go to church Sunday morning Sunday night and Wednesday night i tell you if y'all open the doors Thursday night I'll be here if you open the doors Friday and Saturday I'll be here you say why because I just want to be in the house of God I'm telling you when I got saved I didn't know nothing and some I mean, you didn't know nothing when you got saved but God put us in a good place I'm telling you God's people's been better to all of us than what we deserve and the church is where we draw our strength it's where we get our fellowship you may come to church on a Wednesday night wore out and tired in body I'll tell you you're probably glad you're here it's better to be here than be sitting on a recliner somewhere watching the Braves lose Amen. I'm telling you tonight it's just good to be in the house of God it's good to be where you can hear some preaching where you can feel his presence where you can say amen the What's being said. Uh, It's good to be in a place where you can worship. Uh, Hey, here, you don't got to worry about hearing no cussing. Amen. And listen, you don't got to worry about uh, hearing nobody say anything vile. Uh, And listen, there's no sin being promoted. Thank God for the church. Uh, And for those that can find something wrong with it, I can tell you 10 things that's right with it tonight. Amen. Well, I'm telling you, listen, and, and we don't have, thank God we don't have anybody. If we do, please let me know so I can visit them. But I don't think we have anybody that goes around just complaining. I appreciate that. And if you do, stop tonight. Let this part of the sermon be what you need tonight, okay? But I'll tell you, there's some churches, all they do is fuss and fight and squabble. Y'all know that, don't you? They've had 26 pastors in 24 years. And they're just, they can't get along. They argue over what song they're going to sing. Uh, they argue over who's going to sit where, you know. They argue over who sings this song and who has that song. I mean, they just fuss and squab about all kinds of things, you know. And, and, they, and they fight and they argue. But I'm going to tell you something. And listen, there, there's some people they can find, they, they can be in a church five minutes and find something wrong with it. But you know the truth of the matter is tonight? I don't deserve to be here. I just don't deserve to be here. And this is the best place that God's ever put me in my life. Can you say that tonight? Oh, the church isn't perfect. And the church has problems. And I have problems. And you have problems. And I don't do everything right. And you don't do everything right. But I want to tell you something tonight. Thank God for Bible Baptist Church. Thank God for a place that you can call home, that you can come and get help. And I'll tell you, when we... What we ought to do tonight is we ought to invite people to our church. And I believe you do. But we ought to invite people say, hey, come to my church. Come visit my church. You may get all kinds of reactions when you do that, but invite them. Amen. I remember one time knocking on a door here and and, uh, invited a man to church. He said, I used to go to that church. He said, and that pastor, he said, he wasn't too kind to me. That's where the picture was on the card. Me and my wife looked at each other. Never did say anything to him. But you know, I never saw that man here. People use all kinds of excuses is what I'm saying. They'll say, well, I don't go down there because you know of this reason or that reason. But invite people to church. You never know who may come. Isn't that right? You never know who may respond. Care. That big man that looks like he wouldn't be interested. Maybe he looks like a biker. Maybe he looks like somebody that would run that, that would, would cuss you out or run you off. Give him a track and say, hey, sir, the Lord loves you. I sure would like to have you come to church and be with us. It was his care, and then I noticed it was his charity. Look at verse 35. The Bible said that he said unto the host, he said, take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, notice this, he said, I'll repay thee. There's more to come for this fowler at this end. Oh, this Samaritan is going to go away. But he left him in a good place. And, and he didn't just leave him by himself. He left him with a host to take care of him. And he gave that host some orders. And, and that host is to make sure that everything that man needs while he is there is taken care of. Jesus said, I'll go away. But he said, if I go, he said, I'll send you another comforter. Amen. And thank God that comforter, that paracletus, the one that is called along the side to help us. Uh, he's there. When you got saved, God didn't leave you by yourself but the Holy Ghost moved on the inside and he lives on the inside and he's that great comforter and my friend he's going to take care of us until he comes to take his church away and I thank God for what makes the church so wonderful is the presence of the Spirit of God that's what makes church good isn't it you know you can have a dead service or you can have a real quiet service like we've had tonight and you can get to the end God show up And I'm telling you, it makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it? It makes all the difference in the world when the Spirit of God is here. I'm thankful we go to a church where we feel His presence. During the revival meeting, the preacher, he had no idea how many times he was preaching things. And many of you would say amen to this because you know it to be true. But I marveled at it. Each night when he would preach how that he would say things and it was almost like me and him would just sit down and I said, now listen, here's what's going on in our church. Here's what this family's dealing with. Here's what this family's struggling with. Hey, this family's got this burden right here. This is what these folks are going through. I never told him one thing. The Holy Spirit of God knew, didn't he? And he doesn't know and... And even to this day, but God would let him say just what we needed at the right time. I'm thankful for the presence of God. You ever, and we've all had, we've been in services, we've been in church service where there was no spirit of God. You know, sometimes we shout, we run the aisles, and I'm telling you, we have a camp meeting time. And then sometimes like this, it just gets real quiet. God just does a solemn work in our souls. Never underestimate the spirit of God. God doesn't carbon copy himself in any service, does he? He does what He wants to, how He wants to, when He wants to. He moves the way He wants to. And tonight, as we stand, Lord, give us a greater burden. Give me a greater burden tonight. Help us tonight to be conscious of those around us, those that are dying, those that need Jesus, those that are near eternity tonight, those that do not know You in the free pardon of sin, those that You put in our pathway. Lord, help us tonight to take the time to give out a gospel track, to say a word, to, to show some kindness, to minister to those around us that need to be saved. And tonight you don't have to come because I'm giving an invitation, but if the Holy Spirit deals with you, if you feel the need to come, then I want you to come tonight. Would you come? Would you pray?